Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Does what it says on the tin, really. It absolutely does. And what an interesting week it's been. The week started with um, an outage. Lots of websites were unavailable, only about 40 minutes. But nonetheless, they included people like the UK government, the Guardian, Kickstarter. I was trying to look up uh, one of our crowdfunding pieces. And Amazon were down, which is very odd because Amazon, of course, supplies cloud hosting to most (laughs) of the world. So what? And this is all because of a company that nobody had ever heard of before outside well, most of the Fastly, IT department. Or at least uh, called Fastly until earlier this yes. week. I know I don't what they call themselves now. Oh, well, they're, they're doing quite well they're... again. In fact, the shares have sort of bounced back because they dealt with it relatively quickly, but also because most people have never heard of them before and suddenly thought, oh, look how important they are. Yeah. All these companies yes. they're working for. Exactly. I assumed it was a, a cleaner plugging in a, 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 a Hoover and pulled out the one that said, do not no, unplug. No, they've announced what it was. Do you not know? Yes, it was a user updating their yes. uh, settings. Yes, yes. A user doing something they were perfectly entitled to do somehow just triggered a bug. Yes, extraordinary. How exciting. Oh. It's also been a very good week for uh, law enforcement. Have you heard about this one? Well, I don't know. It depends what you're going to say. Well, um, Organised crime. They like oh, to yes, communicate I heard that. Yes, by, I did uh, by yes. email or by text or by whatever, but they're very concerned that um, law enforcement agencies might be able to intercept uh, their communications. Yes. So they found one called Anom, which is end-to-end encryption, absolutely safe and secure. They could use it, and it was went out uh, throughout. Uh, 300 organized crime groups around the world were using it. It was run by the FBI. They intercepted 27 million messages over the last three years. And this week, they arrested 800 people. They seized 32 tons of drugs and $50 million in cash and cryptocurrencies. To say $50 million in cash, though, is not an enormous amount of money for 300 organized crime groups. If you work out how many people are in each one, there's not very money for each one. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it's a very impressive operation, but you can't help feeling $50 billion is just... You know, it's neither here yes. nor there. It's a rounding error. It's a rounding error. <laughs> I suppose it is. If you're Elon Musk, it's a rounding error. Yes. But, the, but it's but still quite, same, quite impressive. Yeah, how but... did they manage to get them all to use it? That's the clever part. Somehow persuading them that it was the best thing. They must have had lots of moles. Undercover agents. Yes. There will be a so, film. There's bound suddenly, to be a film. Suddenly say, oh, yeah, the, the new member suddenly says, I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get a free holiday if you subscribe, if you use this <laughs> network. Yes, exactly. That's I don't know. Very bizarre. And the other interesting news this week has been the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference, where they uh, generally preview uh, all the stuff that's coming up um, later. And uh, in particular, iOS 15, which is the next generation of operating systems for their mobile phones, for their iPhones. Mm. And one thing they've done is to uh, bring together a number of technologies that were available in other apps and put them all in one. So their camera can now interpret text in photographs, um, as you can with Google Lens and uh, previously the app that Google Lens bought in order to make Google Lens. Mm -hmm. uh, You can do on-the-fly translation 
of uh, anything for your camera. Uh, you can photograph plants, and it'll tell you what kind of plant it is. You can photograph dogs and world landmarks and that kind of thing. But the really interesting thing is, um, which no one else seems to have done, is you can uh, read text out of photographs. How many times have you photographed an instruction manual or a mm. website or a phone number? Uh, because it can interpret it. So you photograph, you, know, you go past an estate agent's board and you think, oh, that house looks interesting, and you photograph their sign. Well, now when you hold the camera up to it, you get the option of just going to their website or calling their phone number, which I think is terribly clever. It is, if it works. Yes, I agree. It almost seems surprising it hasn't been done before. It does, doesn't it? But, I mean, various people have done bits of this, but no one, I think, has yet put it all together and just built it straight into the camera, which is a very good thing. Also, they updated their maps. Um, so what they've done is produce uh, 3D maps of major cities. It's not the whole world by any means yet, but it does include London uh, and a few other cities around the world. And so you get... 3D renders, 3D models of buildings, but all in sort of very calming pastel colours. It looks like a video game. It's beautiful. Right. But what the what you do see is pedestrian crossings and pavements and flyovers, for example, are shown actually in 3D. So it makes it much easier when you're having take directions that you can see what's coming up rather than have to work out if the flat 2D version you're looking yes. at is actually corresponds to where you're going. Oh, They're also building in uh, uh, augmented reality for walking directions. So, you know, you come out of a, of a train station. And you think, or a railway station, as we say in this country, yes. We also say train station, don't we? Only if you're... Willing to accept Americanisms, yes. Is train station an Americanism? Yes. Yes. Is it? it is. I, I agree it's become very accepted. It's just, I'm sorry, yeah. it's just one of those, like Lesson Fury, it's one of the things that just suddenly triggers an automatic reaction. It clearly does. Me. I'm sorry about okay, that. Okay, well, you come out of a, uh, a steam locomotive. Uh, yes, after you've arrived out. into the station, yes. After you... <laughs> and um, so you can hold up your phone and mm. move it around, and then it'll overlay which direction you need to be walking in on top of your phone. So, which is incredibly useful, because the number of times that we've tried following directions, you come out of a station, and you realise after 30 seconds to a minute that you're actually going in the wrong direction. Exactly. It happens yes. to me so many times, yes. and it's very it's... annoying having to turn around. Yes, I know. And you, you can't help feeling the pavement is just full of people doing exactly that. No, they're not. <laughs> they're all staring at you, thinking, look at him. He doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> no. No. Well, it doesn't help with trip hazards, though, does it? Not that we're returning uh, to the, to the no, question of no, looking no, no. At, your, at your map app and not noticing there's a chain in front of you. We would not dream of returning to, 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 to that because, of course, that was ancient history now. It was. Though, though presumably having a, the sort of camera, having, having the map's picture being slightly translucent or transparent would yeah. help in that regard, wouldn't of it? So you can it sort of see where you're going at the same time yes, as yes. looking at the map. Oh, suggested to them. Ooh. It seems like quite a good idea. Dear Mr. Apple, I don't think you can Dear do Mr. suggestions to them. Yes. And also on a more, rather more esoteric note, their Swift programming language, you can now build, or we will be able to when it's released, build iPad apps on your iPad, which is terribly exciting. Ooh. Well, if you're and a it will... developer, I'm not sure I oh, no, excited it'll... by it. Oh, I'm excited about it. I'll be able to wire away train and plane journeys. <laughs> I mean, assuming I ever managed to get on a plane again. Yes. 
but in between railway stations rather than <laughs> playing games, I yes. will, it may be able to write apps. I think that's quite exciting. I, I can see why apps. not everyone does. <laughs> okay, let's have one of these. And having had it, where do we go now? Now, the Medici are up to their old tricks again. Biological really? weapons. <laughs> okay. Are we yes. in Dan Brown territory here? We're not. We're in Florence, uh, right. which I suppose is partly Dan Brown territory. I don't know if he's attacked Florence yet, but I'm sure it's, it's on his list. Um, so here's what happened. Um, the Alessandro de Medici, who was the uh, nephew of one of the major Medicis, mm. was assassinated. Mm. And uh, he was then stuffed into his father's tomb uh, illegally and without uh, being eviscerated. And what happened was as he decomposed, um, his stains... I'm reluctant to actually ask what eviscerated really means. It means taking out the internal organs. Oh, okay. His stains leaked into the white Carrara marble uh, and... um, they uh, and and stained it, so it looked looked awful. So what uh, a group of scientists have been doing is uh, they're working on the Michelangelo's Basilica of San Lorenzo, and they're using a combination of oil, glue, and phosphate-eating microbes, which are eating the stains. Mm-hmm. And what's also particularly interesting is where they get the microbes from. So they've got some of them from an abandoned Sardinian zinc mine. And some from yeah, a tannery. Natural place Naples. to look. Yes. Well, why would they look? I mean, I don't even understand why they would think of looking there in the first place. I have no idea. I suppose these microbes are quite rare and they tend to hide in, in unusual places. But isn't that good? I think that's a very good thing that they're using microbes to clean up Michelangelo's. <laughs> I think Wonderful. it's splendid. But I would sort of worry that they'd clean up rather more than they wanted to. Clearly, they're not it going appears to. not. Well, they don't eat marble but they do eat whatever leaked out of Alessandro de' Medici. Mm. Mm. Isn't that good? Well, it's extraordinary. It is. It is extraordinary, and I think altogether a very good thing. On a more mundane level... Yes, okay. (laughs) um, uh, There aren't enough lavatories, especially if you're a woman, because women spend 34 times as long queuing for lavatories as men do and if you've ever been to a festival or even to the theatre you'll notice uh, the theatre at half time that men are sort of zipping in and out huh, zipping um, mm. with uh, with impunity whereas women are queuing up for most of the interval time thus missing the chance yes. to get their baby yes. sham at the bar yes. introducing the prequel which is the a women's urinal they recommend right. about the first of its kind um, it takes six women at once uh, all in a circle, and it's private from the waist down, so they can have conversations while they're using it. Right. Okay. And it's quite a good idea. It was it was trialed at a, a comedy festival in Bristol, and it seems to have worked. <laughs> Is that good? I think that's quite good. It's just quite extraordinary. It's Not a, something but, that you and I will ever really get, get to use. In your experience, do chaps talk much when they're using facilities? No, not at all. But I've seen no. enough films to know that women's uh, restrooms are full of many women crying. Yes. Oh, okay. But well, Certainly in films. <laughs> yes, certainly in films. But yes, this is, it's odd, the, the difference. Clearly, uh, social interaction takes place in theirs and not in ours, which is 
Very odd. No, no, no. It's not not the done thing in, in male UI. No, you stare not. straight ahead. Yes, yes. Certainly, <laughs> certainly no crying allowed at all. Um, <laughs> right, time for us just to take a quick breather. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. You're listening to Gadgets and Gizmos on Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. He's the one who's got all the stories. I just interrupt from time to time. So what can I interrupt next? <laughs> bird strike. Bird strike turns out to be quite a big deal. There were 3,000 near misses in 2016, mm. which is curiously it's the last year for which we have data. Um, and uh, Royal Holloway University has been trialling robot falcons which have been flying up to deter pigeons from airfields. So these are drones dressed mm. as falcons, drones in falcons' clothing, you might say. Right. And apparently it's working. These things are zipping around and scaring the pigeons away, and the planes can therefore take off quite happily. I think it's a good thing. Robot. Robot <laughs> pigeons. Okay. Yes. And talking of mixing animals with technology, the thing about cryptocurrencies is that they have to be mined. We talked last week about the police raiding a crypto mining facility in in Wales in the disaster yes. industrial stealing estate. electricity. Stealing electricity. Well, here's a, a chap called Josh Riddit, who's a farmer in Berry, who's got a better idea, and he has set up a crypto mining company using cow and sheep manure to power his computers. He reckons each computer can make up to £30,000 a year. Hmm. And um, and so he's reckoned he's made five million quid so far. Which is probably good, given how little farmers make in some areas of their business. That's yeah. probably quite a good idea. It's a good he's probably thing, only it? keeping the cows now because of the computers. <laughs> I, imagine here, I imagine they still need milking from time to time and probably eating from time to time as well. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there's a good thing. Yeah, a I, wonder of, how, yes, I wonder, though, how you encourage the cows then to produce as much manure as possible. Oh, I suppose you feed them Cows on... don't eat beans. Beans. They don't eat beans. No. I don't know if beans would actually produce more manure, but they might produce more methane. Right. Yes. Yes. Intriguing. Intriguing. I think, he's, I think he said, yes, he's not mining Bitcoin, though. There are other cryptos that are rather more profitable, he said. Uh, yes, so it seems. I think it's time to move on to our crowdfunding time of the week. So, in that case, you want one of these? Yes, please. A very old-fashioned fanfare, which you promise you'll update at some stage, but I'm not... Uh, yes, one of, one of these days I'm going to get to it. Now, regular listeners to this show hmm. will know that you've played not only the spoons, hmm. although you've yet to play them live on air, but the cello. I have played them live on air, not on this programme, but I have done it. I can't yeah. remember what... Yes, yeah. I have done it. Yes. Well, maybe next time we do a fanfare, you can play along. <laughs> it's not a very spoons-friendly piece, but okay, all right. It's not. Uh, anyway, the um, the trouble with playing the cello is that they are large and unwieldy, and they are. quite difficult to carry around. I've seen people carrying yes. cellos on their backs, and they, yes. they look like Sisyphus. They look. However, like... they're not staggeringly heavy compared to double basses, but the cases are much lighter than they used to be, and in my day. When I was young and playing, there were no cases with straps to go on your back, which would have been really quite convenient. You had to just hold it by a handle and 
it got very tiring after a while. Yes, the fiberglass cases were much better than the old wooden ones, certainly, but mm. uh, much lighter. But yeah, and well, some, some have little harnesses and wheels, and they're all very impressive, and I'm very envious. Well, introducing my cello. My cello is currently on Kickstarter, hmm. and it's a cello that you can play unplugged so that you can uh, just, it's very quiet, so it doesn't disturb the neighbours, or you can plug it into an ampl amplifier, or you can plug headphones into it, and you can play your cello, and you can hear it just through the headphones. It is 3D printed. Each cello takes, they reckon, about 100 hours to print, which is why it starts at $828. Well, it sound, so it doesn't make, any, doesn't make any noise if you don't actually connect it up to anything. Well, it does, but it makes a quiet noise because it doesn't have the, the sound box. Oh, I see, I hmm. think. But it's the same shape. No, it is, it is the, the fingerboard. Right. And uh, which uh, has an extendable, what do you call that thing that slides out at the end? The foot? Spike. The stand? The spike. Yes. The spike. Yes. That's the one. Yes. Does it actually have a spike on the end? Can't have a spike yes. on the end. Yes, there what happens if you're do. playing in a what you, have a, in a you have a bung on, or use or use the tortelier type of spike, which was which was different. Or I think I might even have one on my shelves here, but I can't find it very quickly enough. But yes, all ah. manner of different sort of spikes. But they sometimes have rubber bungs on. But a lot of people, of course, play in things like church halls with parquet flooring, and it would go quite nicely in between the gaps in the parquet. Ah. Ah, okay. So and it has one of those, and yeah. it has a couple of uh, knee extrusion so you can grip it like a, oh, yes. like I was, a regular I was wondering about the grip yes, yes. Okay. it looks uh, it looks very good it's it's much much lighter and easy to carry around it's over 700 quid and that doesn't include the carrying case or the bow right well you wouldn't actually get much of a cello for 700 quid no you probably wouldn't this one even the, doesn't even the cheap look ones are very much like a cello of course the downside is that you can't play it live acoustically you have to plug it into something but um, if you were a recording musician, say you wanted to record mm. a set of Bach cello suites, uh, which I think are about the most sublime pieces of music ever written. They are wonderful. Uh, when I play them, they're not quite as sublime. Oh, I, I would love to hear you play them. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. Can't play all of them anyway. Some of them are very difficult. Um, yes, I can't imagine that I could play my local orchestra using this. I don't think, no. like, where can I plug in? That they'd really exactly. be very key. But, <laughs> But interesting. Although you can't yeah. have a feeling that my double bass would be more useful because those really are a bit of a bugger to carry around. Well, they are. That would be an extremely good idea, yes. But there well, are, of course, all the electric bus drivers bases. won't even let them on. So the only people I, who could play double bass when I was at school were people who had very, very um, forgiving and kind parents who would with carry them around. With big cars. Yeah, with very big yes. cars. Yes. Why any parent would encourage their child to learn double bass, I, I cannot imagine. So clumsy. Well, there's probably a, li a list of a list of instruments you probably don't want your child to do, and double bass must come up fairly high. There are many, many larger members of the brass family, I should think, and indeed one of the two percussion. Yes, yes, instruments I will imagine. be there as well. Yeah, and yet people do. They do. And moving on, hmm. um, you probably haven't tried Nemtoir. Uh, I don't imagine so. No, Nemtoir is a Vietnamese sausage. Um, and the <laughs> right. reason that's one reason why you haven't tried it the other reason is made from fermented raw pork okay it doesn't sound my sort of thing it doesn't sound your sort of thing i haven't tried it i would jump at it given the chance but i haven't tried it the thing about it even though it's made of fermented raw pork 
no one who eats it gets food poisoning, which is surprising. Mm. The reason uh, you know, food poisoning comes down to Lactoplanti bacillus pelletarium B21. Oh, that again. That again, exactly. Yeah. Which, which is what? Uh, it's, it's a uh, bacterium that mm. kills rival bacteria. Um, and they're saying uh, it could be used as a preservative, this, mm. this bacillus. And because it works equally well at high and low temperatures, it could preserve food much better than the E numbers they currently put into things. And if you're worried that all everything, all food will start to taste of fermented raw pork, <laughs> apparently yes. it is odorless and tasteless. Mm. Tasteless in, in the good sense. Intriguing. That's rather good, isn't it? So I think we can we'd look forward to better um, better preservatives in the future, also not so good so, for So vegans. clearly when you are able to travel by plane again, Vietnam's going to be on your list. Just to Absolutely. try that. Absolutely. Just to try out the sausage. How <laughs> far can you get the chance? Yes. Let's have one of these. And it's time for our app of the week oh we don't often have one of those we don't and this is an app that sadly isn't available in the uk but it is available (laughs) in the united states okay but let me tell you about it i had to get a key cut recently Hmm. i had to get four keys cut uh, recently and uh, i went to i looked on google for the nearest key cutting place because i was away from home and they said yes. there was one in b and q so i went into b and q and said, where's your key cutting service mm. and they said it's that machine over there and you go to the machine you open a little flap you put your key in th- yeah. the machine scans the key gives you your key back and then cuts you as many copies as you want for a mm. fiver each mm. uh, which i thought was remarkably clever this app is called key and you photograph both sides of your key, upload the photographs, and for ten dollars they will send you a replacement key. That is which, on clever. the face of it, it is rather clever. But it occurred to me, you could be in a pub with someone. They go to get a drink, leave their keys on the table. You could photograph their keys, and you could make copies of all of them. Yes. Yeah. What occurred to me was that doesn't you don't it doesn't know how thick the key is. And surely no, that because there are standards. There are standard key. They have standard key blanks. Right. Okay. As you know, every key cutter does. So they'd recognise what the key, and they've probably printed the name of the manufacturer. Probably printed on the key. My local um, key place is is not a B and Q, and it has a man who is one of the least friendly shopkeepers I have ever encountered. I've had to deal with him on many occasions. I can't help feeling if there was an app existed, I would certainly be happy to bypass him. But then if it's only a fiver in B&Q, you want to bother with the app? Just find it more convenient. Uh, I'm not often near this particular B&Q, but I just like the idea of it, really. I like apps that can do but things then you have to Then you have to wonder about their security as well. Maybe they can well, easily find out where you are. They um, probably and could. Have a because they have the key as well. Well, they're billing you, of course. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that means... Well, of course, they're taking it, your it's address. Probably, it's probably the FBI. Where do they? And if they discover you've been, the keys, if they discover you've been in in some organised crime gang, they'll come exactly. around and, and pop in when you're out. That's. But this is the other main problem. Where do they send the keys that they print for you? You can't put your home address on it because anyone turning any postman turning up with a key to your home address knows yes. where you live and has the key to get in. Yes. 
intriguing. So you'd have to get it sent to someone else's address. Well, perhaps it's just as well the app doesn't exist in this country. It probably is. Well, that's why I said it's not, it's not altogether a bad thing that we haven't got it. So, one more quickly. One more quickly. Halogen bulbs. Oh, halogen yes. bulbs, which are, of course, the answer to incandescent bulbs. They're being banned in the UK as of September. Yes, I'm Doesn't kind of annoyed. You take them out of your house. Well, because the LED ones apparently don't always work terribly well, especially if your wiring isn't terribly new. We've got lots of sunken halogen bulbs that I'm pretty sure if I put an LED in, it's going to be... Um, have a terrible problem. LED bulbs do work perfectly well. The problem that you will have, are they the ones that go up in the ceiling? In the, yes. Yes. The problem is that your halogen bulbs have two little yes. spikes, yes. and the LED bulbs have little lugs that you have to locate, so you're going to have to change the sockets. Oh, for goodness sake. It's not that difficult to do, frankly. Really? But... But they, the LED ones use, you know, a tenth the power of the halogens. So ultimately, you will save an awful lot on your electricity bills. I don't like That's anything. a good thing. I don't like anything changing. Really, I'm not well, sure why I do this programme, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's, it's for those people who do like tech. I mean, all that stuff at the beginning about Apple and development, you think, well, yeah, in about another 10 to 15 years, some of that might be useful for me. I'm so far behind with my phones. <laughs> anyway, that is it for Gadget and Gizmos for this week. Uh, we'll be back soon. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.